Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Scott Stedman podcast. I'm so excited to be here at the beginning of the new year. Uh, Yeah, first podcast of 2023, so very exciting. And with me is my co-host, Micah Current. Micah, how are you? I'm good. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Hope everybody had a great Christmas and a and the beginning to their new year. And I cannot believe it's uh, 2023. And thankfully for this episode, in the context of this episode, we won't have to remember the year the entire time because this is the time of year where everyone gets to <laughs> write the yeah. correct date on their 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 calendar invites and their um, emails and everything else. So I'm just glad yeah. to be here. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. So yeah. Our, we had our year in review and we were talking about all the stuff we like to see and some of the things we wish would, we hope we wouldn't have to address this year. And um, yeah, so <laughs> we'll get to talk a little bit about that because there's actually something, our topic today, we're going to talk about something that we said, we don't want to see any more of this. And yet we're talking about it. But to be honest, this actually happened towards the end of last year. So we will still put that in the closet of 2022. We'll just bring it out a little bit to highlight some stuff, and then we will throw it back in that 2022 closet and never speak of it again in case something more happens. (laughs) So what you're saying is we're through with 2022. (laughs) Through with 2022. (laughs) And for those of you who are on the audio, you have no clue what I just did, but there's a little green alien that just threw across my screen. It's a running joke here at the Scott Simmons podcast. But we'll let you in on it. There is occasionally I'll hold up a green alien for whatever reasons. But anyway, besides that, let's go ahead and move to our stories gone wild. Um, And I'll go first. But yeah, so um, I was um, had a team that was helping me with a project over at the church. And afterwards, I rewarded this team by taking them out for lunch, had a good lunch, got to know this team a little bit better, got to talk about life and stuff. Drop him off at his house, go back to work. As I'm driving, I pull into my parking lot and I get out of the car and I notice I hear this like hissing noise. I'm thinking, well, it's too cold for a snake to be outside. What could it be? And sure enough, my tire is slashed. I don't know what I hit, but I must have hit something that punctured my tire. And now I'm going to have to replace it, which... You know, if that's one thing I want to see in 2023 that I had to deal with in 2022, I had to replace four tires in 2022. And all of it had to do with a gash, a slash, or a screw being in the tire. Hmm. And just probably about a week ago, I had to go take my other car in because it was losing PSI and there was no... Nothing visible we could see on the tire. And sure enough, a guy found a construction screw probably when we were driving through downtown Columbus. Construction crew, a screw in the tire. And luckily, thankfully, that guy fixed it, brought it back out and said no charge. And I didn't have to pay for that tire repair, which I was very grateful for that. So, but yeah, like me and tires apparently don't mix very well. So I probably shouldn't be driving. We have to get to the hovercrafts now and back to the future. So we're already past due, according to the timeline that Back to the Future gave us. Yeah. Uh, good old Back to the Future. <laughs> good old Back to the Future. What about just, you, Micah? <laughs> I, I, Those are some of my favorite movies. And um, 
Yeah, still mad about the hoverboard. <laughs> yeah, aren't we all? Aren't we and, all? <laughs> and the flying DeLorean. Um, you know, people can't drive on four wheels on the pavement, let alone, you know, actually be able to fly a car. So it's that's probably a good thing it hasn't. So, um, <laughs> speaking of things in the past and <laughs> leaving things in the past and needing to leave things in the past, uh, I would think that a lot of people would agree that you know 2020 was a year that we could never forget and so before scott and i started recording this podcast um i had a weird story and i forgot but we were scrolling through and kind of deciding what we're going to talk about today and um i was on my way home the other day and i was driving past the church i'm like man it's tucked back you know back behind the road and i couldn't uh say that i've ever been to this church before but it was an aog church in the area that we live and um and AOG check- stands for Assembly of God, for those who may not know what that means. <laughs> I was getting there, Scott, but it, oh. you're just, you've had too much caffeine today. or your That's alien, true. <laughs> your, your alien prompted you to do otherwise. Um, so uh, people are going to stop listening to us. They're going to think we're nuts because of this alien conversation. Um, <laughs> so anyway, I, I researched this, this church online just to see if they're posting content or what, what I can... Uh, find out just to see what their church is like in case I wanted to visit it, you know? Um, and like Scott said, it's an assemblies of God church, but like they don't post a lot on their Facebook, but um, maybe Scott can post this graphic on his Facebook page or whatever. But the uh, there's a graphic and it's Jesus dying on the cross. And it's like one of those devotional things. Right. And one of the, the last things that they posted was right around March of 2020. And it's a graphic of Jesus dying on the cross, and it says COVID, and it's an acronym. It says COVID stands for Christ over virus, infection, and death. And then they they go on to quote the Second Chronicles 7.14 passage that says that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, they will, uh, you know, and so on and so forth and be healed. You know, I will forgive and, you know, forgive their sin and heal their land. Lord, heal our land. I'm so blessed today. <laughs> So it looks like one of those graphics they took off of like the Bible app or a Bible uh, devotional website or something like mm-hmm. that. But I thought that that was just crazy that, that there was an acronym out there. I mean, and Scott, you know, I've mentioned the the what would Jesus do bracelets and the frog bracelets with, you know, when we were teenagers, as are popular WWJD, what would Jesus do? Frog was, I think, fully rely on God, right? Fully rely on God. What would um, Jesus do? Yeah. There were a couple of others that were, were super popular and trendy in the 90s and early 2000s. And so, you know, churches really love their acronyms. I know several pastors that love acronyms. They can get sermon series out of them or they can get uh, points in their sermons out of them. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, I just thought that was weird. I don't know if that's a wild story. It was just a weird story. It was a... it, yeah, the whole acronym thing is weird. And I don't know, did you ever, I don't know what. I just never maybe... thought that I would hear or, or, or find or read an acronym about COVID. But well, here, I think here, here we are. <laughs> yeah. Well, I thought it was weird that um, right when COVID hit, like, because I have a Logos Bible software. So occasionally they always give me like three books a month. And so it's nice. And I've built up a, pretty good a resource library but one time i got a month into covid i get a book from logos saying here's this free book it's called christ and coronavirus by john piper and i'm thinking what 
like we're only a month into this and already we have a book about the COVID and Jesus Christ. And I didn't read it because I'm thinking, I, why would I read this book? Because this is just too weird. And plus, I'm not a big fan of John Piper anyway. So um, mm. <laughs> so if you love John Piper, I do apologize. <laughs> but don't be offended because it's OK to like some and not like other uh, speakers. But yeah, John Piper's not one of them. But yeah, I find it weird for acronyms. I don't know if you remember um, Gary Busey. He was a actor who had a head injury. I think he had TBI, a traumatic brain injury. And I, he was on the, I believe he was on The Apprentice at one point. And he, or Celebrity Apprentice. And he was someone, I don't know if it was how. He was in Lethal he, Weapon. He was also in Lethal Weapon. But after his after his injury, Every time when he would talk, he would always have these, he would always make up these acronyms. And he, and so it was always funny because then people would ask him like, oh yeah. And he goes, oh yeah. Like he'll say something like pantry. And then he would just say this whole big acronym based off the word pantry. And it just like came natural to him. And I just thought that was so funny. It's like, man, he would be like the perfect, like church media person. Oh man, we need an acronym that really focuses on, um, God and his healing and loving power. And we want to base it off the uh, first Timothy. And I bet you anything, Gary Busey would read first Timothy and find one word in there. And he goes, ah, here's the word. And he will say the word and he'll have an acronym that have everything that a church wants. And then they will market the heck out of it. But yeah, I, I would have to find a video again of like Gary Busey and all his acronyms. I want to, I'm curious if he even like, if there's a website where it has like all of his acronyms. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, Gary Busey, my goodness, what an great actor. Didn't he like win an award for portraying Buddy Holly in a film? I think that was the thing. Like he did a great portrayal of Buddy Holly and then he had his accident. I don't remember. Uh, that was, that was a while ago. Yeah. Oh, and that's oh, that's right because they're acronyms, but then they call them Buseyisms. <laughs> and that's the entertainment world marketing Gary Busey's acronym. Oh my goodness! So, yeah. But so today we're going to talk about. Um, today we're going to go ahead and talk a little bit about um, our topic today. So, as some of you may know, Mike and I we were talking. Uh, last year about Matt Chandler and his whole scandal. For those who need to get caught up to speed, basically Matt Chandler resigned from the village church to kind of take this um, healing retreat. The Apparently the story was, is that he was messaging a woman on social media and they felt that, um, and it was something that his wife knew about. So it wasn't something that was secret or covered up. His wife knew about the conversation. But there was a woman in the church that thought that Matt was getting a little too friendly with this woman in their in their conversations. Reported to the church elders. The elders saw it. And even though they saw that there was nothing sexual or incriminating in those text messages, they thought it was like him being on a slippery slope. So they basically asked him to resign or basically take a leave of absence from the pulpit. And Matt Chandler went to go get some healing. And this happened back in September, August, September of 2022, I believe. And then all of a sudden he, uh, December, at beginning of December, uh, he ends up making a return to the pulpit at the village church. And here's an article um, as about three months. And this is an article, uh, Christianity, 
today, and it says, um, Matt Chandler returned to the pulpit of the Village Church on Sunday, restored to ministry by the Texas Church's elders a little more than three months after he took a leave of absence to deal with what one elder called some challenges that arose. A few minutes later, 48-year-old Chandler started preaching about sin. Uh, it is my understanding that I've fallen short of the glory of God and and he has met me with grace, he said. It is my understanding that I am inconsistent and I do have spots that are hypocritical and there are parts of me I don't even understand. Um, and that's just kind of the opening to this article. So um, Matt Chandler's back and depending on who you listen to or who you talk to, some are thinking, hey, the way this has been handled is great. And there's other people who are very skeptical about all of this. So uh, what's your take, Micah, on all this and kind of, yeah, the whole Matt Chandler thing? Uh. Um, and just to be clear, we did an episode back in the fall, uh, late summer, early fall about this whole thing. And we yeah. weren't really sure where they were going and there wasn't a lot of details. And to be clear, there's still not a lot of details. And, oh, no. Um, it was just that the the messaging between Matt Chandler and this woman were becoming, quote, too familiar. And uh, nobody knows what that means. But his wife knew about it. So for me, um, it's it, you have to be careful in those situations. And you don't want to put yourself at risk, especially if you're married, especially if you're a pastor. Even if you're not a pastor and you're married, like you don't want to put your marriage at risk. And the the idea of this uh lack of um communication from this church scott like we we talked about before we started recording but it feels like a publicity stunt it almost feels like mm -hmm. a publicity stunt and i'm not like trying to downplay it at all but it like it feels like you know if there's not a lot of um you know clarity and there's not a lot of um you know information regarding what happened the mm -hmm. fact that he left, the fact that he's now back, and we'll talk about it in a little bit, but at the end of the article, the church gave him a standing ovation. And the man was reinstated into ministry and was given a thunderous applause because he was back. Um, mm -hmm. But at the same time, like I think you have to look at it through two different lenses. One, okay, if this truly was an issue, why in the world is he back in pastoral ministry? If it wasn't an issue, mm -hmm. then why are they making it an issue? Right? Like, I think there's there's two different lenses to look at it through. And and it, it's, it's frustrating, and it gives pastors a bad name, and it gives the church a bad name. And if it is a publicity stunt, why in the world are they promoting it and making it such to therefore make the church, give the church another bad light, give pastors another bad light? And by light, I mean just a bad you know, depiction of who we are as pastors, leaders of churches and the local church that we serve. And, you know, you and I, Scott, are not on the level of Matt Chandler. And, uh, and by level, I mean, we're not a church of 10,000. We don't have 20 locations. We don't have the publicity and we don't have the the oversight of, of social media and, you know, people to to view us on a, on a much larger scale, like a person like Stephen Furtick or Matt Chandler or whoever, Francis Chan, you name the, the the pastor, Joel Steen, whoever, whoever that fits that narrative. But like, does that make sense what I'm saying? Like it almost feels yeah. like, okay, if it 
if it truly was a problem, why is he back in ministry? But if it's not, then why are they making it an issue? Yeah, and that, and I think that's where we left when we talked about it. It just seems like it's just so weird because it's like, well, you know, because and then like, you get a standing ovation from your church after yeah. you preach about sin after you spent two months off because you were living quote in sin. Yeah, or 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 it or would they even call it sin? Because every time they talk about, it, it's like, well, he's on a slippery stove or he's unhealthy. Well, what's your definition? I mean, it goes back to, well, what's their definition of sin? Mm-hmm. What's the church's definition of sin? Whatever. And I think they're associated with the SBC because they bring up the SBC in this yes. article. But like, what's the SBC? What's the Southern Baptist view of sin? And I think this is the thing that's, this is the thing that gets me because, okay, like even though he acknowledges his sinfulness, and this is reading from Christianity Today, while I acknowledge his sinfulness again on Sunday, Chandler did not offer any more details about the situation that lead of his absence, of his absence. Um, but then it even says something later on where there was not even mentioned about this woman. Yeah, there's no available information about the woman Chandler was talking to and whether she was hurt by any way and by the online relationship. Her view of the discipline and the restoration process are also unknown. And she was not mentioned even obliquely in the service on Sunday. So it's like, okay, so if I understand this timeline, Matt Chandler and this random woman who apparently was a visitor at the church start talking. They're being coarse and making foolish joking with one another. This woman's friend who is a member of the church sees these messages going back and forth between her and her pastor, thinks it's a something questionable says something to the elder board, the elder board investigated, says, well, no sin's been committed or, eh, it's nothing wrong, but it's wrong enough that we need to have them go on a leave of absence, which to me, if you're leaving of absence, there has to be something. Something, I don't know if he was like, of course, joke, like was he using foul language and they're going, eh, you know, that tongue's getting a little untamed there. Let's Let's work on your language skills. But whatever, but whatever the case may be, this other person is it's like it kind of just got removed. And it's not about, and even though this is a time of like healing and oh hey, here's what happened. Um the fact that A, not only was there a standing ovation, but that there would be people like why he was preaching, they says there are some other people who are writing. Uh, who are saying, um, come on, Matt, you got this, Matt. Um, as he was getting overcome with emotion. Um, and it's like, I'm thinking they're like, wait, what's going on here? It's almost like he's back. And instead of preaching, it's kind of becoming more of like a an award show almost. It, it just seems like, and I mean, I'm sure I could probably find video online on this and watch it. But it just seems very off-putting in some way. And the fact that, you know, for me, I'm always big about transparency. And the fact that it says uh, the church declined two requests from Christianity Today to answer questions about the restoration process. Few details were offered in the service on Sunday. Um, and that's it. Like, they wanted to kind of say, hey, what was the process like? And not necessarily to like, hey, let's stick at the Chandler. But it's like, hey, if this is something that, Village Church did, and this restoration time, and it worked, and it was good, and 
Matt was able to be restored, then I would say that if everything's fine and the elder board saying fine, then I don't know why there's still stuff that's kind of being dis, uh, in secret and why it's kind of like, well, we're still not going to talk about it or things are still going to kind of be hidden or the details are going to be kind of a secret. Like to me, I feel like that's still kind of not giving everybody the whole story and not that I need the whole story, but I feel like the congregation should know exactly what went on and and just kind of say, hey, here it is. Plus, we still don't know if, I mean, this was beginning of December. Who knows? Probably sometime, I'd say end of January or February, we'll probably find out another thing or that, or finally that woman's going to break her silence and start sharing all these posts that she has saved because nothing truly disappears. Like, I don't know. It just it just seems weird. Yeah, and it seems too like there is um it makes you wonder too if there's like we talked in other episodes about NDAs and things like that. Like I wonder if they made her sign something and agree if they reinstated Matt that they wouldn't or she wouldn't post anything or she gives up all right to make any comment or bring anything up again post Matt taking his leave of absence. I wonder if there was some sort of agreement in place um, prior to him coming back. But again, like if I could, you know, go the other way with this conversation, if, if he did in fact do something that was worthy of or deemed necessary for him to take time off, how in the world is he still serving and that like like how is he how is Matt serving in ministry now this quickly? Um, I I just I have a hard time with that I really do, because Scott you and I had this conversation briefly before we started recording this episode, but it's like in the Church of God world or in the UMC world or in other denominations, if something like this were to happen, we would be out of a job and probably wouldn't be welcome back. Mm-hmm. I just, yeah. I just have a, I have a hard time wrapping my head around that. It just doesn't make sense because if it, it was, because if it was truly bad for him to take a leave of absence and he should probably not be serving right now, less than a couple of months later. Yeah. But, and, but, and, but further the question, is it bad? Was it actually something that needed him for him to even take time off? Exactly. And, and, and that's the thing. Cause it's like, well, if he had, it's like, I'm with you, Scott. I'm so, I'm so like, it's the same conversation we had back in through like back in the fall. Like it. Transparency is a big thing with me as well. It doesn't seem bad, but also if it was bad, then yeah. And I mean, and I mean, they mentioned like um, in the article, they mentioned another like pastor who got reinstated, but his things were a lot worse, like sexual misconduct, abusing his wife. Like, yeah, if you're a pastor, you're doing that stuff you're not allowed to stand in front of the pulpit anymore. You're, you're done. But even like, even when they're, they, they're posting a little bit about this, like not necessarily about his restoration process, but like a summit he went to. And it's like, he went to this men's summit that was led by this pastor who wrote a big on a book on deliverance from bad choices. And it says, um, he wrote about spending time at a cabin, going for walks, practicing jujitsu, and praying the words of Psalms 27 that I may dwell in the house of the Lord forever for all the days of my life. And then there's a picture of him like with a gun 
in camo with a gun slung over his shoulder on a elk hunting trip. And then, um, and then later on, and this is the thing that gets me. Cause I mean, think about it. If you've been disciplined, if I've been disciplined and I found out that everything was fine, they did an investigation, everything's good. I'm now restored. Okay. It says this, um, on Sunday, uh, Shanlon thanks the elder for loving him and his family and working with him on this plan, on his plan for his leave and eventual return. What a gutsy, godly group of men, he said. Gutsy. I almost used another word and then would have to sit down again. And then the church laughed at the joke. It's like he's making a joke about his leave of absence and how he had to sit down and he couldn't be on, he couldn't preach. And then um, that's like. It'd be like, oh yeah, I like to thank my elders and everything else. They're 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 really great. Oops, I almost said a different word. Up, oh, I might have to sit down again. Like, it's like it's like I wouldn't make a joke about my restoration process and the discipline I got. And it's almost like he makes like a little joke about it. Um, and then again, everyone thanked him for his twenty years of service, and. He's joined on stage by his wife and his three kids, which that'd be an interesting thing, depending if his wife actually, A, knew about it and if she was okay with everything. Like, was she up there smiling like, yes? Or was she like, okay, I'm forced to come up here, so I'm going to smile because that's what a pastor wife does. And then they gave the pastor a standing ovation. And if I was the woman who he is texting in that room, or if I was the lady who reported it and saw that, I don't know how I would feel, especially... If what was reported, I mean, here's the thing. If what was reported was really bad for the elder board to get involved or to really seriously investigate this. Because, I mean, I know I've worked with a lot of elder boards and if someone brought up a charge against something, even if it was super ridiculous, the elder board would say, OK, this charge was brought up about this. It's kind of complaining. It's not really necessarily in spending an hour or two in a meeting to talk about it. So they're just like, okay, yeah, this was said. Okay, yeah, what do we want to do about it? Nothing. Okay, we'll just tell them, hey, we talked about it. We decided everything's fine. And then that's it. Three minutes. But the fact that they have to take time to d develop an exit plan and then an eventually returnal plan, like, I don't know. It, I don't know. It's 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 bonkers to me. Well, and, and uh, something I said to you before, we recorded was it almost like and i said it earlier but like it just feels like a publicity stunt to draw eyes on their ministry on their church and on their pastor and like i said like if something like this happened with you or i scott like nobody would like other than the local churches that we serve at the moment like they would you know what you know what i mean like it because of the 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 nationality of 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 Chandler's church, um, we would uh, we wouldn't there wouldn't be the publicity behind what Matt's getting if you or I were to go through something like that at our church. Yeah, and and here's the other thing too, and I was just thinking about that. Like you know, even if um, even if like um, you know, even if this was like a publicity stunt to kind of put focus on Matt Chandler Village Church etc. If there's one thing that needed to be highlighted in this was just how they church effectively did a restoration process with their pastor. And when Christianity Today calls and says, hey, we'd like to know more about this restoration plan, because that's exactly what it says in here that they wanted to follow up. They reached a church to 
find out more about his restoration plan, and they have not returned their calls. If there's anything that needed to be highlighted in any of this, how did the elders of Village Church not only move to kind of say, hey, we see some we see some spots that need to get checked out. Let's go. We're gonna take have a couple, we're gonna take a couple months off, go, you know, reconnect with God, have this time with him, go through this healing process. And then once everything goes, we'll get a report, we'll talk about it. And if we feel like you're ready to come back into the pulpit, we'll come back. And here's how we did it. Here's everything that was laid out. Here was kind of the plan. And and give that to Christianity today. So and then or give that to Christianity today. So then that way they can look at it and Village Church can write a book or write a, a thing like here's how, you know, here's how to deal with, you know, re- healing and restoration for ministers. Like that could be, that would be a better highlight than, hey, look, our pastor's coming back. Because even with the applause, it's almost like, yeah, our our God tripped and fell and had to leave three months, but now our God is back and we're ready for our God to go. It's almost like, that's the thing I don't like about mega churches. I feel like too many times we see the pastor or the preacher as a God-like figure. And I feel like that that's a, too much pressure on the pastor, but even if the pastor's okay with it, it builds too much of a pride and an ego where they feel like they're untouchable. And when they have a little fall from grace, they want to use some pseudo scriptures to talk about healing and restoration and everything else. And then once everything's good and everything's in the clear, it's like everyone wants to give a static applause. Yay, our God is back. Woo. Look at how it's like, but that's not God. Matt Chandler's not God. And you guys are making him into a bigger deal than what he needs to be. Yeah. And something I thought about as you you said that, you know, I, I, I want to be clear, you know, because this is, you know, being published. It's a podcast. And, um, you know, I'm not being critical of Matt. I don't know Matt. I've never seen mm-hmm. Matt. I've never watched Matt speak. I've never been to his church. I'm yeah. frustrated with the lack of transparency as a pastor and a leader um, in the local church. Yeah. Because if something like that were to happen to me and, uh, God forbid, because I don't want that to happen to me or any of the people that I care about. I've been through some stuff like that with 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 pastors and leaders that I've worked alongside, and they've went through reconciliation and they went through the process of forgiveness and you know um, restoring marriages and friendships and relationships along the way. But some of the folks that have went through that stuff, Scott, are not serving in ministry today because of that those various yeah. situations. Mm-hmm. Um, but but I but I would also say to piggyback off of that that like those situations were greater in the 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 gravity of, of the situation. It wasn't, hey, I'm messaging somebody of the opposite sex. This was, you know, a great example, and I won't say the name of the church, but I was working alongside a pastor uh, who served as uh, in an executive pastor role, and we found out that that person was embezzling the church's money and embezzled about $40,000 worth of, of money, right? But the pastor, the lead pastor, it was one of the lead pastor's best friends, looked him in the eye and said that he forgave him, right? And walked through the reconciliation, walked through 
letting him go from his ministry position. It was a, a mutual decision between the board, the staff, and the lead pastor and that, that person who was let go. But that person is not serving, to my knowledge, in ministry today because of that. And so um, it, it's, it's, again, it's not aimed at Matt. It's just aimed at the frustration or the lack of transparency from the church. And like they're getting all these headlines and these um, these articles published about the situation. And uh, I just pulled it up as you were talking, Scott, just a few minutes ago. And like there was a standing ovation. People were whistling and hooting and hollering because he walked on the stage. And I'm like, it, 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 it's it's sad. You know, you can love your pastor and you should love your pastor. But like we don't. <sighs> we need not to put people on pedestals. Um, and it feels like that here. And um, yeah, I, I, it's, it's, I'm trying to choose my words carefully, but it, it, it's just for me. And and we said it, we said it in, in our year end episode um, last week, but it's like, I'm sick of scrolling through social media on Monday and seeing this pastor resigned or this church was caught up in a scandal or um, this guy, this worship leaders leaving this church to go to that church. And there was a huge fight and a falling out. Like we just need to be the church. We need to be the leaders. We need to be the hands and feet of Jesus. We need to proclaim mm-hmm. the gospel. We need to lead people to Jesus and not worry about the rest. And I feel like we're worrying about the rest and not leading people to Jesus. Such as how big is our church and how big is, you know, my following and how big is my social standing and how many books can I sell? And, you know, you, you know, my wife and I recently finished the the Mars Hill podcast and it, it, it just like Driscoll cared about Driscoll and how big he could grow a church. And, you know, if you didn't get on the bus, get off the bus kind of mentality. And, you know, it's, I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of churches or not churches, just the church getting a bad name because of, of mm-hmm. situations like this. And it's just the wrong press. And I don't want it to be that. I want it to be about, man, there's 8 million people starving in South Africa, literally starving from starvation. And we're over here griping because I sent an inappropriate Instagram you know, direct message. Right. Yeah. There's people dying and don't know Jesus, but we're worried about an Instagram message. Like it, it, that just baffles my mind in itself. So I don't know your thoughts on any of that, but it's, it's to me, um, it's disheartening and disenchanting, uh, to say the least. And, and I'm a big proponent of bigger churches and I like the bigger church model, but, but again, it, I think you're right, Scott, you nailed it on the head where, we put these pastors on pedestals because of who they are, not, and you know, who they are and what their brand is. Exactly. And yeah, like it's, yeah. And then again, if anything should have been praised, it should have been the restoration process. It should have been what Jesus did through the restoration process. And that's, do you not think it would have been through. a different story if they would have came through with more details? I think so. Like, I mean, I think I think people like you and I wouldn't be sitting here wondering, like, okay, 
is there more to this? Because if there's more to this, we should probably know. Do you think it was because of the size of the church that he pastors that they didn't give those details out? But then I, again, I, you know, they always say the devil's in the details, right? And mm-hmm. and if you give out more information than people, it's almost like there's more ammunition for people to be able to pull out and say, well, they did this right. They did this wrong. But at the same time, I think the more information you have out, the less there is for the speculation. So if there's more info and I'm, and, I'm, and there could have been, and I mean, maybe let's just say if everything was exactly how they said it, getting a little bit too friendly using kind of coarse joking, but nothing sexual in nature. It just more like, you know, if a brother, if a brother and a sister were like talking and they're just like ha- hawking it up and they're, using like stuff that's not church appropriate language, but it's brothers, sisters and a having Thanksgiving dinner. So they're just, you know, doing whatever, like if that was it and they put out all that information of saying, Hey, here it is. Um, then yeah, like, and then, and then I'm sure if all the information was out, it would almost be like, okay, then why is the elders putting them on a leave? Like that's doesn't like some might say, okay, good, yeah, and some might be like, this doesn't make sense. Why are they doing that? That's this elder board is like the dumbest elder board in the history of elder boards. Like, so maybe they didn't want to do that. But here's the thing: I mean, it's the not enough information. But if there was, even if they didn't want to say that, if there was anything within that message where Matt Chandler or even the elders said, hey, we also want to apologize to the mysterious woman that was being texted. I'm sorry that this the damage that this may have caused, the hurt that this may have caused you or anything else. It's like that person no longer exists. And that's the one pattern I have seen throughout all these different scandals with um, with um, high bulls and then um Houston and every and all these other people have been in scandal it's like these people who bring these complaints just kind of disappear it's like they kind of fade into the background so that their star can shine brighter and it's like where why are we not introducing this or saying hey we apologize like none of that it's all gone. It's all disappeared. It's all swept under the rug. And I think that's the thing that still continues to poke and prod me that there has to be something more to this. Cause why is the person who brought these charges up in the first place and the lady who Chandler was messaging, how come they're not messaged message? How come there's no apology to them? Nothing. It's just completely of race. It's like men in black. They put up the little thing. Pew! We don't remember it. All we know is Matt Chandler's back and he's better than ever. And we're going to cheer and applaud him. And again, like you said earlier, I'm not here to criticize Matt Chandler because if he did what the elders said they wanted to do, he followed their plan to a T and now he did that. And the elders thought he's up through sport. Then that's not on Matt Chandler. That's on how this it's on the leadership team on how this has been handled and kind of all the other nuts and bolts that are behind there that we are not privy to see because, you know, we're not in the end of village church. But I feel like that if this is something that was done well, this could be a great resource for any churches to help with restoration process. And it's a missed opportunity and it still 
it still is leaving off a foul stench in my nose. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, I don't know. I can't say enough about how I just, I just want to, I just want to say that none of it adds up and I want to leave it at that because it just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't. It doesn't. You're right. You're right. It doesn't. It's still, it's still there. Hovering. And so like moving forward, is he just fine? Is he good? Like everything's just fine. Like you said, like the men in black thing where they just erase it and then it just never happened. And he's just going to go back to preaching and everything's fine and dandy. I tell you what, probably what's going to happen in six months, there's going to be a documentary on discovery plus about Matt Chandler and village church. And then all that's going to be exposed and we're going to have to watch it. And then we're going to be back six months later, still talking about Matt Chandler and village church. And then hopefully we have answers or it's going to be, or the documentaries are going to be so vague that we're still going to be like, we just wasted not only watching this documentary, but it still didn't give us any answers. We're still more confused about what the heck actually happened. Mm. So I don't know. And let's just hope, you know, my hope is, is that this dies. Everything goes back. Nobody is hurt by this and, and everything is right as rain. But again, if it, in three months or six months, if something else comes out and that there's more to this or there's a leak, and then we're going to find out the real issue of all this, then I'm sure there's going to be a lot of fallout. But like you said, Micah, it again is going to put just the church as a whole, continue to put it in a negative light instead of being a positive light to the world. It's going to continue to be this negative dark light that's just going to continue to lose its motion and lose its credibility to the world because People are like, well, why go to church? They're just as, they're probably more corrupt than me going to a bar and sitting with a bunch of like potheads, you know? They're probably more godly than the people who go to church. And it's like, I get that. I understand that. It's, it is, it's, uh, it is, it's, uh, yeah. I, I have nothing, I have, I'm, I have nothing more to say. I'm still bewildered and perplexed about this whole situation. So, friends, thank you for listening. And <laughs> we'll left this in 2022. Yeah, let's leave this. Let's put this back in 2022 and hope it doesn't start leaking out of the closet again, like the blob. But, friends, thank you so much for listening. And again, you guys have been so instrumental for just the growth of this podcast all of last year by just simply listening. I thank you. I appreciate that. Also, if you have not already, leave a five star review. Uh, write something good, write something bad. If you hate the podcast, give me a one-star review and say, this sucks, don't listen, you know, because <laughs> let's be honest, because again, we're all about transparency here at Scott's Devin Podcast. <laughs> but guys, if you love it, recommend it to your friends. Thank you so much for all the love. We appreciate each and every one of you. And we'll be back on next time with another episode. Take care. Take care.